Hello everyone, it is Sam here again with another pre-episode announcement. Uh, so Eric and I, our, our schedules are crazier than we initially realized. With me moving to New York and Eric doing his stuff, we just can't really connect to record a fresh episode. So we're releasing another one from last September, and actually this is the episode that we recorded right after the one that you heard last week. So there's some continuation uh, there. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And we promise that we will be coming back with a brand new, fresh, freshly recorded episode next time. Until then, enjoy. So you got the you got the mix of seriousness topics that we can weave in. I can always talk. What are you talking about? I'm not serious. Yeah, I've got some stuff. All right. Um, I've actually already started recording. How long have you been recording? Uh, just a couple of seconds. Awesome. You know, just catching catching that gold before you realize you're uh, on air. No, 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 no. All right. Exactly. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, welcome back to this podcast. And uh, actually, my very first thing that I wanted to bring up is our last, uh, not issue. What are these fucking called? Topic. No, not topic. Last time we recorded. Recording session. session. Recording episode. Sure. I don't know. Early on. You set me up to start talking about my brainstorming around the uh, name of this podcast. Yes. And we got sidetracked, and I never actually said what my brainstormed name was. Yeah, I I didn't think that you wanted it out there. Oh, all right. Well, I thought you did, and we just, I got lost, you know, rambling on. So I thought that might be a good place to start, because I think we have landed on an actual name. We have a name. We do. And what is that name, Eric? (laughs) The File Drawer. The File Drawer. Hmm. A podcast. A podcast, yeah. That's a very important subtitle. Um, so where... We don't have to go dive too deep in it, but what does is, what is that mean? Why are we calling ourselves a File Drawer? Ask the guy who came up with it. Yeah. The, <laughs> let's let the guy who came up with it answer first, uh, Sam. But I'm going to defer to you on the psychological uh, explanation uh, the, of well, it. Uh, the File Drawer. So... In the psych world, uh, we remember reading an article in our research methods class, uh, I think written by Robert Rosenthal, Nice. Uh, called uh, The File Drawer Problem. And essentially, it's the premise that, and this is, applies to all research, mm-hmm. that um, of all the studies that get published, there's always public, uh, which tend to be you know, where they find significant findings, et cetera. There are also studies that do not get published, go unpublished, that may be sitting in people's file drawers with insignificant findings. Maybe, I don't know, stuff that may be pertinent in terms of contributing to knowledge. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason you can't get published or for whatever reasons the author didn't have the time to follow through completely on it. And so, um, yeah, that's the file yeah. drawer problem. Yeah, I don't know. And, and, well, the other understanding that I had of it is that if you think about all of the research that does get published... Mm-hmm. And you think about all of the research on the exact same topic with the exact same variables that maybe didn't come up with significant sources. Maybe we're just capitalizing on yes. chance for yes. all research that's getting published. So we have a study that shows you know relationship between variable A and variable B. But maybe that's the one study out of a thousand yes. that showed that relationship. And there's nine thousand, you know, whatever, nine hundred ninety nine art articles or studies that didn't show that, and they're just yeah. sitting in a file drawer somewhere. Yeah. So that's the kind of psychological background yeah. of the file drawer. So, the, so talking about, you know, in terms of this podcast, like 
we're not necessarily we're talking about kind of not like the latest and greatest and the biggest uh, research that came out, but like talking about the kind of behind the scenes stuff. And I don't know. It just seemed it seemed appropriate. Yeah. Also, um, when, when you first uh, mentioned the idea, also what also came to my mind was just the file drawer of random stuff. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Which I think will embody. Uh, the sort of style and flow of this podcast too. Sometimes, you know, you open up your file drawer, there's a lot of just junk in there. Weird stuff. Stuffed animals, <laughs> your child's like <laughs> balls, those bouncy balls, paper clips, odds and ends, man, rubber bands, Lots things like bands. that. So we're going to be talking about rubber bands, rubber balls. Mm-hmm. We're, this is actually a, an office, an office supply review podcast. <laughs> so we're going to have various office supplies every week and we'll go through the ins and outs of every single one. I'm yeah. actually looking around my office right now. I don't actually have any file drawers. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hmm. I had one a while ago, and I was like, this is a hassle. <laughs> it's like, whatever. Anyway, that's the name of our podcast, File Drawer. It's going to be awesome. The File Drawer. The is file it the, drawer. Fi- the File Drawer? I think it should be The File Drawer. The File Drawer. Yeah. The, fi- the File Drawer. The File Drawer. That's how I... That's, so, the, the, that's the emphasis I'm going to put on so it. So, the, the File Drawer, not The File Drawer? <laughs> That can be how you pronounce it. Drawer? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, and do we have a website yet? I guess no, if people find this, eh, maybe well, yeah, it's actually. not the website. We'll eventually have it and we'll... If you're listening to this, it means we've made a website probably. Yeah. And you found it. And we will eventually have yeah. one. So everybody, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Hmm. Women and kids. Men and women. Welcome to the File Drawer <laughs> Podcast. A podcast. Yeah. Well done. That's a long intro. Uh, no, I like it. Right. Um, so that was the first thing I wanted to hit on. Uh, second thing, second point of follow-up from our last time we recorded. Uh, I, uh, I mentioned a quote about 99% persistence, 1% uh, pers- or whatever. Whatever that quote was, yeah. it wasn't Einstein. It was, okay. It was Edison. Oh, we have a correction. Okay. Yeah, that's called follow-up. That's called doing your homework and coming back and fixing the things that you got wrong. By the way, I will be doing none of that. <laughs> this this section of the podcast, the first 15 to an hour and a half minutes, will be me correcting everything that was wrong that Eric said from the last time. <laughs> no, not really. But I don't like I don't like putting like I don't like quoting people and getting the quote wrong. Yeah. That's that's stupid. Yeah. And it makes me feel bad. I don't like putting the horse before the cart either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, check that <laughs> cart before the horse okay uh, i don't know if i was following the metaphor but i, I like it <sighs> it had nothing to do with anything good. you said good all right uh, but also i'm happy that we have brought back the tradition as much as you can we can have a tradition with our second or third uh episode of of having a delicious tasty adult beverage cold beer while recording yes Yes. It's very important. It is. I'm also uncomfortably full of pizza and a big old <laughs> glass of milk, <laughs> uh, yeah. which I'm not sure is optimal podcasting diet. Yeah. Uh, I'm still getting my training under uh, yeah. under control here for yeah. this, but I'm not feeling 100% right now. Hey, man. <sighs> Are you feeling bad? No, I mean, I, I'm feeling as good as you can feel after eating five pieces of deep dish pizza very quickly. You need to go to Brown Town? <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. Uh, maybe we could take a break later on. Halfway through, <laughs> do some we'll do some editing. We'll edit this all out. No, no, we're not. <laughs> sure, <laughs> edit none of it out. Um, anyway. uh, all right. So, what has gone on since the last time we recorded? I went to Vegas. You did for the first time. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was fine. It was good. That's the end of my story, basically. 
All right. <laughs> no, um, this is actually the first time I've been to Vegas. First time I've been in a casino, um, mm. which was it. I didn't gamble at all, so yeah. I didn't really get the full Vegas experience, yeah. I guess. But I just had this moment, and not to make this too much about psychology, but do you know these are like classic behaviorism um, studies with rats back in the day mm-hmm. with teaching um, rats basically to pull levers yeah. and then the different rewards, like yeah. either fixed or random. Yeah. I just had a hard time walking through. Then the casino yeah. that I was in was a pretty like low class casino. Yeah, yeah. Just a lot of sad, sad looking people sitting in front of these slot machines. And all I could see and think about were these sad, sad rats doing these experiments. And it just made me bummed and I didn't go out. <laughs> sad rats. Sat around in my room. That sounds and, like a little judgment, but I get no, it. No, I'm not judging these people at all. It just made me think about, I mean, it's the exact same yeah. Uh, phenomenon. Yeah, they definitely set, set up the ambiance in these casinos to. It's weird. Keep people not. Hey, you don't know what time it is. Not at all. Uh, you can have drinks just coming to uh, most of the casinos. Yep. You can order your drinks directly free mm-hmm. to your slot machine or whatever. Yep. Whoever you're gambling. The, oh, yeah. There was a in this uh, casino slash hotel that I was staying at. Um, I should say I was in Vegas for a hockey tournament, so not there to actually gamble and yeah. stuff, but. This buffet that I went to was six dollars and ninety nine cents. Are to you the kidding buffet. me? You went to the buffet. It was incredible. The buffets are good. The buffets weren't. I mean, the food wasn't even that good. But when it's six dollars and ninety nine cents, yeah. everything becomes a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could if I, there was like everything, and the, the ice rink was also in this hotel slash casino. Oh, I literally well, almost well, didn't have to go outside. That's crazy. Okay, it was, it was wow. nuts. Um, I wonder how much energy they're wasting to keep an ice rink in Las Vegas. Cold. You, I'm not sure if you've ever been to Vegas, but I don't think there's a whole lot of concern being thrown around about uh, conservation. <laughs> they really they're and, not, they don't have a con- uh, no. conservationist well, conservationist attitude. I remember as I'm driving in, going by a golf course, which is weird as you come out of the Mojave Desert. Um, I mean, all the lights and fountains, and it's yeah. crazy. It's it's a weird city. Yeah, I don't. Have you been to Vegas? I've been to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. What were your, what was your experience like in Vegas? Well, uh, apparently. I also have people that tell me, uh, one of my friends tells me that I've never been to Vegas because <laughs> I just stayed at one hotel. I would go to the same Sounds place like to me. eat every day <laughs> right across the street. I think I stayed at the Hard Rock a couple of times. Okay. Uh, right across the street, there's an awesome place that has like sandwiches and I would mm-hmm. go there get the sandwich and just eat it. And it would power me for the rest of the day. <laughs> it would power, like for real, that's all I needed because I didn't have that much money at the time. Um, I didn't gamble much. I think we went to some of the like you know the, you know um, the uh, the um, the uh, discotecas. <laughs> we went to some of the, the discotheques now. Nah. Yeah, that's what they call it back in the olden days. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I went to some of like the bar clubs or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see like any of the interesting sights of Vegas at all. Gotcha. So, whatever. Well, I feel like a lot of the interesting sights of Vegas you just see by being in Vegas, mm-hmm. meaning just the people that you see there. It was. People are weird. There's some some weird, yeah. 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 Um, So for those of you that were wondering, uh, we did not do well in my hockey tournament. Uh, We we won one game and we lost three. And two of the losses were just sad, sad, sad losses. But that's all right. (laughs) What were the scores? We lost one game, eight to one, and another one like six to two or something. Ah, Okay. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah. But it was a good time. Good good, good first trip to Vegas, I suppose. Maybe in the future I'll... uh, Actually, try some Vegas type things like gambling. Yeah, 
Eh, they need to be one of those sad rats. Exactly. Well, I don't but know. But you know what though? Um, sometimes you. Jackpots. Other games. Other games are interesting. I mean, See, that's the thing. I'm intimidated. I I don't know. Like I've played like video poker or like yeah. video blackjack and stuff, but I've never played with like other human beings. And I don't yeah. want to be the the noob who just like walks up to them like, oh, what's yeah, this game? Yeah. How, do you, how do you play? They'll explain that? it to you because they want you to play and lose their money. That's what I figured, right? <laughs> so I should just, yeah, I should just do it hmm. next time, but. I was self-conscious. I was yeah. afraid. Or don't. I mean, whatever. It's kind of whatever. You're, you're a grad student. Hey, grad students, go out and gamble <laughs> <laughs> the money that you don't have. Yes. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, uh, in other news, and I think you might be able to relate this to this a little bit, uh, I have ended being a vegetarian. And yes. You had some experience being a vegetarian, right? Uh, probably, bit? I think, four months, four maybe. Four months? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I did. I, I was, I've been a vegetarian for about... Three and a half years, um, up until like last week, basically. So I'm gonna transitioning back to the meat eating world. Hey, mm-hmm. so I'm at the interject here yes. because um, I had asked you a question before. I was like, you know, was it the sushi oh. eating? That's sort of oh yeah, that there. was that was part of it. I just read an article uh-huh. yesterday. It made me pause as I was getting out of my car. Like I was, I think I was sitting in my car and I was looking at my phone or whatever. And it was enough to stop me in my tracks. Oh man! And it was about this man who ate so much sushi. <laughs> That his body became infested with tapeworms. <laughs> Not just a tapeworm in his stomach, but his body was infested. Uh, and I didn't go deep in it. It was probably uh, one of those Yahoo articles. And it <laughs> grossed me out. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm like a hypochondriac. Yeah. That's a correct term, right? Yeah, I think so. And I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. out of tapeworms. I don't know. Well, the, the obvious question is there is, what is the caliber of the restaurant that this man was eating his sushi at? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like... Sushi that you and I have had recently, it's not not like we're like scraping it out of garbage cans here. It's true. It seemed to be a pretty well established, well run uh, restaurant. It's true. But now I'm now I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing though. I've been gaining weight the past few weeks. Yeah, yeah. If I have tapeworms, they're doing a real shitty yeah, job yeah, yeah. at like making is... me not have like enough nutrients to live. That is true. So I either have tapeworms and I've been eating and eating so poorly and exercising so little I'm still gaining weight <laughs> or I just have some really weak ass tapeworms yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> so either way I'm gonna eat more sushi yeah. but referencing the getting sushi with you that was actually I think the first step in me deciding to transition out of vegetarianism yeah I mean I've always are you a pescatarian now or I'll eat I'll eat anything anything put it in front of me I'll eat it <laughs> but, the, but the thing is Maybe I'm, that's why you're getting this weight dude. What are we doing? Yeah, I know, right? That's a good point That's the wrong mindset to maybe have um, <laughs> Mikey will eat anything <laughs> Give it to Mikey <laughs> Oh my gosh Man um, It's been good though I mean, I, like, I'm having these moments I mean, it's not like I was vegetarian for that long But three and a half years is like long yeah. enough for me to like change how I think When I go to the grocery store And when I'm like thinking about you know, grabbing fast food or something. Yeah. And just walking down the street the other day, I just had this like flash of insight that almost stopped me in my tracks. And it was, you eat some beef jerky. Yeah. I love me some beef jerky. Beef jerky is tasty. Hot and chicken wings. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Chicken wings. So were you not eating meat before for, excuse me, for uh, moral reasons or just sustainability? Like you didn't believe that this this whole... Um, what is it? What is it called? The factory mat- farming, factory farming yeah. is sustainable, or it was mostly that. I mean, honestly, it started with just doing it to just try it and see what it felt like and see if I could do it. Yeah. Um, just like a thirty-day, mo- uh, one-month challenge to see if I could do it. Yeah. I, I thought it was really easy. I really enjoy. Like, I thought I felt better. 
Um, and I do have some issues with definitely factory farming and yeah. uh, sustainability around that. And there's also, I mean, kind of tied to that is the the way workers in that industry are treated. Um, and obviously there's the animal um, yeah. concerns, but that was a little bit further down my list. It was much more about, do I really want to contribute to this uh, really, I think, unsustainable and frankly, pretty dangerous industry. Yeah. So I decided to completely opt out. My mindset now is that I'm, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm planning on trying to be a more mindful eater of mm. meat. Um, basically probably like 60%, 75% vegetarian. But yeah. when I have the opportunity and I know like wh- where the meat's coming from and if I, especially if I'm preparing it, like I'm much more open to, to eating that now. So yeah. I'm going I'm to try to still be mindful because I still think it's a, it's a really shitty industry and I don't yeah. want to like give it a bunch of money. <laughs> you know, you know, what's the answer to, to this? Well, it's being org. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. Psychologists, org, behavior right. people. Um, behavior people. That's going to go on my business card someday. <laughs> org behavior people. But, you know, so part of me is like, you know, you can't ask everyone to, to change their lifestyle drastically. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, people or people choose the fight that they choose to fight. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I, I don't ever believe in condemning somebody just because oh, they no. won't eat. You know, I definitely They won't don't. give up meat. Maybe they're doing something else. Who knows? I was a very non-judgy vegetarian. Yeah. However, there is something to say, A, about... Um, uh, speaking with your money, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Letting your voice be heard by you consume back in the day, dude, I mean, it wasn't serious, but it was kind of like from a, from a, what is it? From a, um, soapbox. I was like telling people, yes, we need a consumer revolution. I think it's something like that has existed. I've like Wikipedia, the, the phrase, I, I, wanted, I wanted to patent the phrase <laughs> consumerist revolution. And I think it kind of exists in something else, but I'm like, that's the only way we can change anything. Not, not even, like I said, I don't, I don't think it takes requires becoming, um, vegetarian per se mm-hmm. but just controlling where we give our money yeah that's one way but also i think um well uh, here we go getting uh I'll, I'll touch on this i think it definitely takes policy also to change oh, and sure. make things um different but also the organizations themselves almost need a an awakening you know um obviously private companies have more uh they have more control over how they, you know, utilize their money or how they uh, develop their products and stuff, you know. So we always talk about the triple up bottom line. A lot of, you know, there are industries or companies that move toward that mm-hmm. uh, in terms of sustainability. But the, you know, publicly traded companies, man, they answer to the, the higher power of yeah. the market it's and of shareholders, shareholders and, and stuff and, like that. And on a very small time frame. Like mm. quarterly time frame, which that drives me crazy. Drive me insane. It drives me crazy. Like I can't imagine leading one of these companies and really having the judgment of whether or not you're doing good work be how the last four months or how the last yep. three months have basically yeah. gone. That's insane. And, and setting yourself up. Like I, I really think you're gonna have trouble being a sustainable company if you're always just driving for that next quarter. Yeah. Like, how do you make long-term decisions that maybe kind of hurt in the short term, but set you up for success long-term? I don't think that's people's mindset, though. I no, think I think not. what they say is, you know, we think about the we think about the this next four terms. If I if I get a boost, if I create a boost in our stock prices, I also get a, more money. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. As a CEO, in, and there's are, tricks that you can do, man. There's you know, you, you you release a press release about something. There's little things that you can do to manipulate um, people's confidence in your organization enough to make it jump mm-hmm. over Stock the next price. quarter. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, or, I'm exaggerating when I say jump because I'm not I, right. I'm not trying to be uh, 
I'm not trying to claim I'm sort of, I understand the full idea of the stock market, but I, I do know um, that there you know little tricks you can do. Um, mm-hmm. Historically, people do do. You know, you, you fire you know 15 percent of your workforce, all of a sudden you're doing better. Um, well, of course, you just laid off a bunch yeah, of people. A lot of cost goes one yeah, it's just it's so. So, what's the alternative? How do we? How do we? Let's. You know what? We got ten minutes. <laughs> let's fix it. Okay. Boom. Well, well, you're Mr. Ethical Leadership. How do we fix it? I don't know, man. All right, so yeah, Mr. Ethical Leadership. So I, again, I, I I think my idea of ethical leadership is uh, I'm focused more on leaders that make decisions with the collective in mind. Not not only just the collective in terms of the organization, which I also think that is important, but society. Um. I don't know. It's a stupid kind of idealistic way to, to see, thing to say that money has to not be the number one thing on people's mind. Right. And so, you know, obviously the things that we both, I guess, are focused on now being involved in uh, lead labs at, you know, mm-hmm. CG or whatever, is developing leaders to be different. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly what that different is right now, but uh, there needs to be a shift. And again, this is where I get very woo-woo and... Mm-hmm. There needs to be a shift in what people who are in charge of things believe mm-hmm. about themselves and about how things work in society. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some sort of, and I don't, when I say shift, I don't think it's going to be automatic. I think it's going to be like, you know, the tipping point of the masses type thing, get enough build very, up. Very gradual over time. We're not yeah. talking about a huge shift. Yeah. 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 Well, I know you're not a huge Apple fan, but it's mm-hmm. funny. I was just listening to um, ATP, External Tech Podcast, yeah, yeah. before we started recording. And I remember reading this, seeing this um, news a while back, but uh, Tim Cook, Apple's CEO, yeah, yeah. had a, a, an Apple shareholder meeting. Uh, one of the shareholders yeah, got up and right. talked a little bit about um, you know these things that Apple are doing around environmentalism and, and that are more expensive. And yeah. um, Tim Cook essentially said, you know, and I think this is a direct quote, if you want me to yeah. do things for only for return on investment reasons, you should get out of this stock. Yeah. I think it's really refreshing. Yeah. And I don't know that all CEOs would get up and say that to a yeah. major shareholder. And maybe yeah. that's something you can get away with when you're the size of Apple. Yeah, yeah. But more leaders kind of thinking about that, you know, thinking about, all right, so Apple's going to create a, you know, a, a, a data center and run it completely off renewable energy. That's yeah. going to be more expensive, but, you know, there's, they're doing it for a different reason. Yeah. That's, we need more uh, of things like that. Yeah. This now is just making me think that we need it. A change on both sides, both the investors as well. Because if you yeah, think about people yeah. like Warren Buffett, and I don't know mm-hmm. if he invests in Apple or I don't know what he invests in, mm-hmm. but if you just th- hear what he says when he invests, he invests for the long term. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. he, he tries to invest in companies he believes in. Understand. Term, I know one of his things is he has to understand their business. Understand their yeah. yeah. And he's not about who can give me the quickest yeah. return over the next quick year. Mm-hmm. You know, and so yeah, maybe there also needs to be just some difference in the way that investors invest we need a better we need a better investor pool and also we need a a more understanding investor pool as well as um ceos i guess that are going to stand up yeah um yeah it's tough yeah when when money enters the equation a lot of other things tend to fall away you have economists that say that you know a lot of the economic theory is based off of these mathematical models that suggest everybody always moves toward their own self-interest. That's the only way to view the world. I say, well, maybe that's how we think. But however, you know, as we have talked about the paradigm shifts and et cetera, that's the, maybe that's the way we view human behavior right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But with new knowledge, 
who knows and us is more behaviorist and things like yeah. that i think the world of you know and i think we there's like actually someone who did like a workshop on this last year or two years ago or whatever you know there needs to be a blend more of the economic theory with psychology mm-hmm. but also more you know psychology also with the economic theory as well to to come together and start doing research in, this, in these areas i think right. that's what's lacking everybody is so ideological about um their philosophy about how people behave or how people are motivated and all this stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it strikes me that, you know, you're, there are all sorts of um, uh, economic theories around, I mean, laissez-faire, law, or, you know, law of uh, supply and demand yeah. and, and people acting in their own self-interest. But it just struck me that self in, like their own self-interest is a very broad, yeah, it's, very broad. it's super broad, right? Yeah. Like, Maybe my own self-interest has to do with feeling like I'm making decisions that align with like who I want to be yeah. and my values and stuff, yeah. and not just you know I have more money in my bank account yeah, by exactly. the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, that's well, interesting. Yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot of these experiments, you know, tend to be about um, you know social dilemma uh, experiments and like game theory. Mm-hmm. You know, you end up with it is about money. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I think it's a very limiting way to do research. Well, I think. And, with, and study behavior. For research, at least, I think using, I mean, using money is a very, it's a clear and easy, like, dependent variable, easy thing to look at and control and measure. Um, but yeah, that, but that's just to say that we need a greater integration of good psychology research with good economics research and policy yeah. research and everything coming together. Yeah. Transdisciplinary, even. It, yes. That's a, that's a buzzword here at CGU. It is. It is. We need to start doing it better. But, yeah, we but, do. Um, yeah. Yeah, so research, I guess, I, that I'm not currently doing, but I, that I'd be interested in is, you know, what motivates people to thinking outside of themselves, or mm. thinking, thinking in ways, excuse me, what motivates people to think in ways um, that benefit larger group of people, larger groups of people, not just their immediate family, et cetera, right. um, to understand, I, th- I think I said this maybe on our first mm-hmm. podcast, which may not, which isn't going to be in the air somewhere. Yeah. But I, like I said, like um, what attracted me to psychology in general was uh, a guy who was a social psychologist. But he, you know, him quoting that "No man is an island unto himself." That uh, John Doan, uh, Dunn or Doan poem, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I really see the world as being connected, even when we don't feel like we are. Um, so. Seeing the connection between, um, is there a way to study it? I don't know. But my Probably. company succeeding, or your, your success as a, um, as a laborers of China, um, your rising up is also going to benefit my company. Thus, is also going to you know, benefit the consumers of this product. Um, rather than let me exploit, let me um, underpay uh, to maximize um, uh, revenue yeah. just for my company. Right. Uh, There's a different way to think about it. I feel like I'm getting very preachy again right now. So let me. I like. Back off. I like preachy Eric. Yeah. I'll listen to preachy Eric all day long. The cult. The cult of Eric. <laughs> 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 yeah. I, I'm not going to ask any more about the cult of Eric. Hmm. I don't want to know about initiation rituals yeah. or anything. Anything like that. It's just you. You, you got to have a smile on your face <laughs> and say, "Hey, all it takes. hey, friend. <laughs> hey, hey, pal." Anyway. Gotcha. Well, this actually might be a, a decent segue, and I, and I apologize that I feel like I'm driving all of our conversation. No, do here. it, please. This is, this is the last item you, actually on my list. Last item on my list. Item, for today. yeah. 
So I wrote an article, and I mentioned it last week, yes. but it hadn't been published yet. Yes. But it was published a couple of days ago on 99u.com. Yes. Uh, the title is uh, The Modern Craftsman's Guide, Work with Dignity. I actually yes. did not come up with the title, but I wrote the article. Yes. Basically, what I'm writing about in the article is this idea that I've had for a while and is really difficult for me to articulate because I don't know, like, what does it mean to work with dignity? Like, there's not, I don't think there's a very super clear cut and dry definition of dignity. It's not like it's been like operationalized in psychology research or anything. Yes. But I think everybody kind of has a sense of what it means to work with dignity. I feel like basically the argument that I'm making in the article, and as I sit here, I realize it's been a while since I've read it. I wrote <laughs> it a long time ago. But basically that one of the things that we're all striving for as knowledge workers um, is this idea of feeling like we can have dignity in the work that we're doing. And, yes. in, and more importantly, I think, in how we're doing it. So I make the point in the article that it's really not so much about what your specific job is, but how you go about doing it. And I tried yes. to identify like three just kind of big ideas that fit into it. And what I landed on was having a sense of curiosity mm-hmm. in the work that you're doing and the way you approach your work. Having a sense of craftsmanship, so attention to detail and really feeling like you're, I don't know, it's like developing... Like whenever I think of craftsmanship, I think of somebody who's been like woodworking for like 50 years and like watching that person work, like the tools are like an extension of their body and they obviously have like internalized these really complex motions and make it look incredibly easy. And I think that's something that is not necessarily only for people who are doing like physical work, like woodworking and stuff. I mean, I think there's a way to program with craftsmanship. There's a way to be a professor with a kind of a craft mentality. Mm-hmm. Then my third point was um, having a sense of humility that you bring to your work, basically. And I think that's really kind of tied to the curiosity component as well. But the idea that you're not at your best yet. And by being humble, you can um, identify new and better ways to do things and kind of retain your sense of wonder in what you're doing each day. Sense of wonder. I like yeah. that. So that's that's what I what I wrote. I was going to assign it to you as homework, but I don't want to give you extra homework. We're busy. We're busy guys. <laughs> Um, I'm just curious, what, what, is, what is working with dignity? Um, there, anything I say there kind of stand out as, as interesting to you? All right, so let me first just kind of uh, express my thoughts right now. Mm-hmm. I wish I had my computer in front of me because I wanted to look up something. To oh, point want to look to, it up for you? We got to um, look it up together. I'll have to kind of Google it. Um, there was a, um, it's a point that I want to find, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put a pin in that point. Okay. I hate that phrase. I'm going to use it. <laughs> put it in the parking lot. Put it in a pin. Put it in. I hate all that stuff. Anyway. <laughs> um, it, was a Netflix, it, was a, it was a documentary on Netflix. Um, and it was talking. Uh, it was following the um, um, uh, different janitors who worked at like different universities um, or different places. I don't even know. Um, so if you look up like documentary uh, janitors, um, uh, might have been called kings or something. King, might have been philosopher kings. Philosopher kings. Yeah. All right. All right. So let, let's let's put that in the wrong part a lot. Anyway, yeah, tell me about that. Um, I'm going to tell you about that in a second. Okay. But, so, um, you know, in, in our, some of our coursework, we've talked about the idea of doing dirty work. And, and yeah. I don't think that that's the only type of work that this pertains to. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think it's easier to see the connection sometimes when people are like, how does this person doing this? You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so, um, in, in talking about dignity, uh, your three points were what again? Uh, curiosity, uh, humility, and craftsmanship. Yeah. So what, what I would say is, I mean, yeah, that could be it, right? Mm. But I think it's whatever that person needs. Mm. Are they are they mm. are they fulfilling that aspect of the self that they value? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back when I, I'm not saying I was doing this right, but I, I used to work as a graduate, graduate assistant in a career center, uh, career services at uh, my old grad school, um, UWF. Um, Represent? I don't know what their, no, what their, I don't know what I don't, their I don't motto or anything is. All right, yeah, it's a grad school. I don't know <laughs> yeah. either. With, without a football team, who knows? Um, but I remember, you know, thinking about, like, you know, we use tools like the Myers-Briggs, which mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, people, I think, misuse it. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, you know, we talk about how it's not, a, you know, in terms of it doesn't predict anything or whatever. Yeah. However, I saw it as a sense of um, what it is, is if the data represents how others in certain fields also sort of categorize themselves. So, mm-hmm. so let's say uh, it was consistent. Let's say it had like uh, test re- retest reliability or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, so when, you know, when I sort of talked to people or, you know, did, you know, a different type of coaching with people or whatever, we used to kind of explore the ideas, um, the areas in which these jobs, cause they tell you, Oh, I, I used to hate when people was like, Oh, this Mars Briggs says you should be a janitor. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I think it's ridiculous. I think, it, right. but we, we, I try to get people to explore the areas or aspects of certain suggested jobs that may sort of fulfill aspects um, or values that they sort of valued, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like um, uh, needs that mm-hmm. fulfilled their needs, their motivational needs, or whatever. So if it happens to be what, what three points again, create humility, craftsmanship, and curiosity. Yeah, I like the humility ones. We'll keep that one there. But if it fulfills the curiosity, mm-hmm. that that's why the job is popping up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I my motivational needs, uh, one of my needs is curiosity, mm-hmm. uh, craftsmanship, etc. Um, that's my, that's my point there. I don't know if I've even made a point, but different jobs, like if, if that's why it's, I think it's important for people to sort of do self-reflection, uh, Super develop some important. sort of self-awareness and figure out what, what's their, their thing that lights their fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think there's probably different jobs that can help fulfill that if they were doing work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they're given, given the right context, the right environment, et cetera. Yeah. Um, even if it is, you know, these dirty jobs, mm-hmm. a janitorial, janitorial, janitorial role. <laughs> um, so the, the movie Philosopher Kings was so interesting. Let me preface this and say it is a boring documentary. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you. All but, right. But I watched it because, if, you know, the, the, the people, I think, I was just curious to yeah. hear what they had to say. Um, and I'm, one story that stood out in my mind was a janitor that worked at a university. And granted, they've edited this documentary to make a point. Of course. So let's let's see it through this lens. Yeah. But um, uh, the guy, he was really into creative creating, mm-hmm. you know, and he just appreciated the fact that he was able to, like the art, stu- art school would, you know, leave certain things for him if they knew mm-hmm. they were going to use it because mm-hmm. they knew he would do stuff. And I may be misremembering this, but either way, he would get like these leftovers and he would basically create sculptures. Wow. So that's an aspect of his job that he's able to create within this job because he's being put in the right circumstance as a part of his job. Yeah. And so it, it's not the job itself, but it's what the job offers. Now, right. would he be happier in a program? Maybe. Uh, Maybe. You know, in, in an actual program, well, I don't know. I mean, what, what we're also describing here is the whole idea of job crafting. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of you, you taking this job that you have and identifying the parts of it that really speak to you or fulfill some need that you really have and yes. accentuating those while minimizing the other parts of the job that maybe aren't so great. Yeah. That's one of the things that I think is really fascinating because I wish one of the things that I had learned earlier on was that 
the job is much less about the noun of your job, your mm-hmm. title, and much more about the verbs of what you do. Yep. And nobody, at least I feel like nobody when I was in high school was talking about the verbs of jobs. It was, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to be a whatever. And nobody actually stopped. At least I never really stopped to think like, okay, I'm going to be a teacher. What is What am I actually going to do on a moment to moment, day by day, week by week basis? Yeah. Like, What are the physical mo- like motions of my job? Um, and I feel like I would have come to some different conclusions if I had focused more on the kind of the verb side of the job and less yeah. of the, the title side. Yeah. And I think work in general is moving probably more and more toward work as a verb and less a, as a noun. It's, yeah. I mean, it's definitely becoming less of a place where you just go and do your work and much more of a thing that you do. But I think also titles are starting to fall away a little bit. I think, I think in a sense, I mean, people still love these titles, man. But yeah. um, I mean, in certain environments, they're more important than others. I mean, business school, yeah. business type stuff. Yeah, these titles are super important. They mean a lot. Yeah. I, again, I think it's something I learned from working in career services. It is all about what you do, you know? Um, so you could be, I, it's been years since I've done it, but used to say to people, you know, you could be, uh, you know, working at Burger King, but what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And think about it in terms of what, um, or how the work benefits others, you know, well, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So There's think a about relational it, component. Yeah. Think, it. think about it in that terms. And if you are, if you're working to develop, like, let's say that relationship skill at Burger King, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Because there's going to be a big difference between someone who's working on relationship skills mm-hmm. uh, versus not right. on how they uh, interact with customers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I've I've been at places where I'm like, ooh, like oh, this this person is <laughs> is very different than yeah. any other. I'm not average fast right. food yeah. place experience that I've ever been. And I'm like, I've actually been in a place, and I'm like, yeah, this this person should be a manager or something. Yeah. You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. Because their just diligence, yeah. uh, the way that they were being, at least in my experience, oh, I've had the exact with other experience. people. And I'm like, hold on a second, it's, you know, some young kid. And I'm like, man, like, and I've said, you know, hey, yeah. you know, keep up the good yeah. work, like, because yeah. it's mad respect. I have mad respect for that. Yeah. Um, now they may hate it all of it. They may, may they may be good pretenders. I don't know. Right. But I don't know. For me, I see something else in that person than a person that just goes to the job. Yeah. Goes to the title. Considers themselves that title. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, this whole idea is fascinating to me. The idea of trying to bring dignity to a job or crafting a job to fulfill you in some way larger than just, you know, this is a thing that I do for eight hours a day. And, yeah. you know, I go home at the end of the day and that's it. I mean, for some people, that's exactly what that's they want, what want. job. And that's not a problem. Yeah, that's not a problem. But it's for the people who want something more than just a, a place they go for eight hours and they get yeah. a paycheck and who are having trouble <clears throat> creating that or finding that that um, I feel for yeah. and, and hope, you know, research I'm doing, coaching and stuff can yeah. hopefully help with that. But yeah. I think it's an interesting idea, especially as work continues to, to change. Yeah. And I think organizations should also set a people, if that's, what their, if that's what their needs are, they should set them up for that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, let me not say, you know what I mean? <laughs> good. Well, a good, a good, a good manager yeah. knows their people so well. And knows the motivation of their people that they then help craft experiences and the environment to um, encourage and put people in the positions that they want to be in. Me and Hunter just had a conversation yeah. sort of like this earlier today, just about the coaching and mm-hmm. uh, managers or leaders, whatever you want to call it, as as a coach and what that means. Um, 
in terms of how they're relating to their employee. Not, you know, obviously the person's still in charge, but mm-hmm. I'm really trusting uh, the the worker to do good work and helping them facilitate them. So it's like setting them up to win. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff is really important. Yeah, I mean that's it's funny. Like the mindset that I had when I was a hockey coach, when I, I was coaching college hockey before I came to grad school, I thought my most important job as the coach is to know my players so well and what they're good at and what they're not good at yeah. that in any situation in the game, I would know exactly who to put into that situation, who would be most likely to succeed Yeah, both for themselves and feel good about themselves. Nobody likes to go out there and do poorly, but also for the good of the team and managers. I don't see any reason why that's necessarily any different from being a good manager. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Again, managers need to stop viewing it as this is the position yeah. you are blah, 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 one, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they, they need to, you know, this whole idea of um, looking at the individual, you know, these are the skills that Larry brings to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, yeah. that's tough. That takes effort on the side of it the does. manager. You know, it's, it's a lot easier to just show up and basically measure the metrics of whether or not people are doing their job. Yeah. It's much more harder to get to know your people so well that you know what sort of positions yeah. they'll thrive in and then also go about actively creating those situations and environments for your people. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. you need a special type of person who's willing to do that too, I think. Yeah. So, so hopefully we're creating some, uh, some, uh, some, uh, <laughs> are we some thoughts? Oh, thoughts. Yeah. We create and, and, thoughts. And I'm listeners saying. minds a bit. Uh, well, that's, that's I thought you were going to say like, we're creating like these people. I'm like, oh, ah, no, that might no. be a little bit bold. How's, yeah, how's your stomach feeling? I feel a lot better. It might just be because now it's like, 300 degrees in this room. Are you not dying? <laughs> Dude, I've been uncomfortable oh. before, but it's whatever. Okay. Uh, okay, Mr. Zen over here. No, I've been Zen uncomfortable too, but I'm eh. still sweating like a pig. Eh. Eh. All right. Well, that's all I have for topics. So now we either sit here and stare at each other. Until what time? We, how long have we been we, going we, for? Uh, about 41 minutes. Yeah, we can keep on talking. Yeah, let's keep talking. I'm going I'm yeah. to say I'm throwing the ball into your court now. Um. <laughs> So, I, you know, we, we got into a rant. I, I don't want to talk about this very long, but uh, I did want to talk about it because we got into a rant about, like, Yahoo News, like, whatever. Oh, yeah, last time. Go to the website. <laughs> All right. Hold you, on. No, no. I, it, I, you don't have to read anything. Okay. I'm just going. Got Yahoo open right now. What does it look like? What do you mean, what does it look like? Uh, on my end, it's changed. Looks exactly the same. Oh, let me see it. <laughs> oh, no. When I opened it up, that ticker at the, at the top... Yeah. Was gone. What? And it was like this whole new experience. And I'm like, someone's been listening to us. I'm like, this is nonsense. I'm like, oh, I can't even go to Yahoo anymore. <laughs> what is the world coming to? Yeah. I was like, why the freak out? I, I went to it and I was like, huh, this is boring. I closed it. <laughs> and like five minutes later, I went to it. And I'm like, huh. All right. They did, a, they did a short experiment for the day and then probably their numbers just they, hit the basement yeah. and they put it back they right away. They will. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I thought maybe they used have somebody from Yahoo who's been listening to this podcast, which is, <laughs> at the time that we talked last week was unreleased, which is incredible. Yeah, that's, um, so that's some NSA level shit right there. That's, that's what Yahoo's that's what Yahoo's browser or search engine takes you to things yeah. that you don't want. That are things that you don't want. Things that aren't uh, captured by Google's web crawler. Uh-huh. They they get the leftovers of what Google has not web crawled to catch. <laughs> <laughs> Google's already got that. We got the we got the things that are in the file drawer <laughs> Ooh, nice nice callback <laughs> i actually i did have another thought yeah, of a yeah. thing that i wanted to bring up with you um that i thought was really kind of cool i mean it's somewhat kind of connected to what we were talking yeah, about yeah. before so i remember reading months ago that the ceo of pimco 
um, which is an investment firm, a huge mm-hmm. investment firm, resigned, kind of like out of nowhere. And yeah, like the yeah. articles we're, t- we're talking about, just how, how surprising it was that this guy resigned. He's in his like mid fifties. He made like a hundred million dollars last year or something. Yeah. And I remember just thinking, oh, that was kind of weird, and especially how vague the articles were. Yeah. And then I just saw today, or maybe it was yesterday, an article came out that about the CEO and about him quitting Pimco. And what kind of came out was that he decided to quit this job after his 10-year-old daughter gave him a list of 22 milestones that he had missed because of work. Yeah. Which I thought was fascinating just in general, like that story and like kind of him talking about self-reflection and deciding to step down and and do something different, but also just connecting back to these articles I was reading months ago about how this guy just strangely stepped down. That's kind of a cool story. And it says now he's doing just like some kind of independent consulting for and advising with different companies. And that makes the indie worker researcher inside me like, yeah. like, yes, like yeah. people are, there is more and more of a movement towards that. Like having lots of different positions and not just like your one main thing. Like even people with like, I mean, obviously it's easy to do that when you're making a hundred million dollars yeah. last year. Right. So not exactly the same situation, but yeah. still pretty, pretty cool. And like, a nice example of, of, like I said, self-awareness and yeah. reflection and, I think, yeah. I think it's a sign, like you said, I mean, the mindset is changing. Like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. saying it's going to happen gradually, whatever. The the view of work is changing. It's inevitable. It has changed. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be, oh, you work, you, you grow up, you work, at least in the Northeast, mm-hmm. you go work at the factory, you know what I'm saying, with everybody else, you know what I mean? Yeah. Detroit, you go work for the car industry. Yeah. And so things do change. Nothing stays stagnant. Mm-hmm. Everything changes. And so that's a sign that maybe things are changing for the better mm-hmm. or what I would perceive as I would better. perceive as better, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah that, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. But at the same time, you know, not everybody can't, well, I, you know, I don't know. Not everybody can be an independent worker. Well, yeah, that's, I, I'm, I'm trying to be very sensitive to and how I write about it in my research yeah. and stuff as well, because part of me, like, agrees with you 100% yeah. that, well, especially just up front in terms of, like, how you find enjoyment in work. Like I said, like, the type of person who likes a non-complex job yeah. where they go and have very clear direction and very clear progress and very clear feedback is not yeah. going to probably enjoy being an independent worker. Yeah. So I would never say that that person should go out and start their own thing and be their own boss. But if you do have this desire to tackle kind of ambiguous projects and you have kind of the self-efficacy, self-confidence in yourself, um, I don't think, I think it's becoming more and more possible to make that decision to become an independent worker, regardless of kind of the monetary situation. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely, I, I talk, I mean, I coach people all the time and I, I'm never the type of person who's like, Hey, go quit your job. Yeah, yeah. You hate your job. Well, it's not meant for you. You yeah. should go find your passion and quit. Yeah, your job. Yeah. I hate that advice. I would never say anybody should do that. But if you have this inkling of this is maybe something you want to try out, there's no reason why you can't start something on the side after, you know, your normal job and just yeah. start making little bets and seeing what what catches on and slowly building uh, building it out. Yeah, but I know. What, what do you, I know? You have thoughts about that because we we talked about it in research lab before. My kind of my definition of uh, independent work and stuff. Um, I don't know. Like just like yeah. it, it could have. It's, you know, I, I think you. In terms of the research, it I think you have to kind of narrow the focus of what mm-hmm. you mean by independent work. Yeah. Or. No, no, I I agree, but but you know what I'm saying in terms of in terms of research, yeah, but yeah. um, because it could be, 
A lot. I mean, it could be a lot of stuff. Um, right, because it's not industry specific. It can suddenly get really weird when you're talking, when you're lumping together somebody who's like making jewelry by themselves yeah. on the side versus someone who's like a graphic designer or like even more different than that, like like a, a translator or something working for themselves and like yeah. combining those people. Maybe it's kind of weird, but I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm working on kind of building the case and getting clear about what my definition actually is. Yeah. And, and then also it's hard for me to separate. Again, I come from this, I don't want to misstate. I, I'm, I don't come from a social science background, but I definitely, that was my my sort of first interest in psychology. And that even as an independent worker, you are connected to others. Mm. So I think, mm-hmm. I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's not my, I think my, my, my way of understanding how you define it has, has evolved. Cause mm-hmm. I think originally when I was like, Oh, are you saying you just work by yourself? That yeah. I, and that nothing happens, but yeah, you know, I, I sound like a bummer. Yeah, you didn't do it by yourself, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah, but sure. you know, things take cooperation, things take um, mm-hmm. uh, 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 coordinated effort, um, I agree, and things like that. So, in a sense, I mean, maybe that maybe in terms of independent, there's not some uh, broad organization that monitors the behavior of everybody involved at the same time. And I would say yes, that is independent. But at the same time, what well, you are collaborating. I mean, you're yeah. you're in constant collaboration for sure. Um, and is that independent, or is it just uh, quickly uh, forming and dis forming? Yeah, yeah and, and yeah. quickly form, disforming uh, organization. Yeah, like if we talk about organizing, organizing is just people coming together. Yeah. to accomplish some. Well, there's probably a formal definition, or whatever. To accomplish, accomplish some <laughs> goal. Some goal. Yeah. Um, who says it has to last for 20 years yeah. to get something done? That's true. Not, nobody. I'm not saying that. Um, and so, yeah, it's like even the artist. Uh, I'm really thinking about this right now, so it's not going to come out coherent. But even the person that creates something themselves, eventually they will collaborate you yeah. know, with the person that ships. Yeah. It's not an organization. Eh, so maybe that's different. I don't know. Now, now I'm going back to oh, oh, what I was thinking. <laughs> I, think, I think I would argue that it, there's, yeah. a lot, there's a ton of coordination among yeah. independent workers and maybe not necessarily a ton of organization. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just also coming up with that off the top of my head yeah. as well. We can talk about this more when I finish my thesis yeah, yeah. or not. Yeah. This is, I mean, this has actually been a remarkably on-topic podcast for us. Do you have anything bizarre you want to talk about? Uh, uh, I always have bizarre <laughs> Good. things. Good. We lay it on us. We have a couple um, minutes. I've, I'm just tired of, of being serious and talking uh, about okay. important stuff. Um, <laughs> How was your beard? Did you enjoy your uh, beard? I did. I did. I Good. wish you know, I should have been on my second one. but um, Yeah, we should have brought more over here. I'm trying, oh, well. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think back toward this week. Yeah. What have, what have you been up to? I went to Vegas, played some hockey, went to work and uh, somewhere I can else. Give, I can give you always. I can give you a jiu-jitsu highlight. Good. Jiu-jitsu highlight, please. <laughs> so um, at the end of our workout yesterday. Did you get beat up by a 13-year-old girl again? No, no, no. At the end of our workout yesterday, wow, they do this thing where you just, you know, the, the I don't even know what you call a professor or whatever. <laughs> Please call him the, prof- the, the jiu-jitsu professor. I think they, I think I think that's what they call. It. I no, don't they know. don't. They, I think. Really? Teacher? Yeah. Professor? They don't say. They don't call him sensei. It's not. Well, I was definitely going to say sensei. It's either. something like that. Master? I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, person in charge of training, right? <laughs> um. So it's almost like a. You ever do like? Well, you probably not on skates, like bull in the ring type thing. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, one person in the middle type thing. And then try to get out or they wrestle. Um, yeah. So like there's like a, one, a seven minutes on the clock okay. and a fresh person comes in every minute. Okay. Whatever position. So, and they just come in 
And so I did that. I was in the middle. And um, uh, maybe the third minute in, the next person came in and got my back, got on my back and got me in this like rear naked, I think it's called, I think it was a rear naked choke, uh-huh, I believe. Uh-huh. And I'm like trying to resist. And I could tell this person was smaller, but they, their technique was good. So good. Uh-huh. They got it in tight. And yeah. I was like, Ooh, I was resisting. I was resisting. And I didn't want to like buck and try to, yeah. in a real situation, I'm going to slam them on their back or something. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I was like, Oh, let me tap out before I black out. And I was like, tap. <laughs> and the next person came. It's at the end. I was like, you know, who, who, who was that per- first person that got me? By the way, I think another person ended up choking, uh, choking me at the tap because uh-huh. they just got on my back. Yeah. And another person almost got it. But I was like, who's that first person? And they're like, oh, it was her. It was a little yes. tiny, tiny. <laughs> yes. She got it in deep. It, was, it wasn't the same girl, but it was okay. like an older, an older, very petite, uh, okay. young lady, uh, probably in her twenties or whatever. But um, yeah, she got that in deep. She, she's Good. a blue belt or whatever. Yeah. But she got that in deep, dude. And so I'm saying it's a technical it's technique, sport totally technique, technique man because yeah. I could tell the difference in how much pressure was covering up my um, my artery whatever yeah. the thing artery vein yeah supplying blood to my brain your, your blood tube yeah I was like ooh I was like ooh <laughs> it's not gonna I go like, well for me yeah I shouldn't go night night now <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh, but yeah 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 I, I just love it man cool I love it um, so that's that <laughs> what belt are you do you, do you have white, a belt? white belt how do you yeah. like i don't know what's the process like for moving up i don't know you get you get some white belt and some tips like you know white stripe you mm-hmm. get a couple stripes until mm-hmm. they're like hey. wait white stripe on a white belt uh that seems invisible. on some of the belts they have like oh, this black okay space for it yeah, or whatever yeah, okay but i'm not really worried about the belt. i'm yeah, just yeah. trying to you you, know. i know you're just doing it to get in shape and yeah learn learn some skills and stuff. stuff and I, I think i'm definitely evolving in that but um yeah, nice. yeah, definitely enjoying it. So, um, other weird things that have gone on. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, school stuff is is happening. It is. We happening. Don't want, we don't want to talk about uh, that. Right. Eh, it's fine. Uh, it's anyway. going well. I mean, yeah. it's going well for me at least. You yeah. seem to be doing fine. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Maybe. It is what it is. Maybe we've been in school for a long time. Yeah, it's hard to keep enthusiasm high. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? What do you have coming up? Anytime, anything cool coming up? Huh. I mean, if it's really cool, you should probably get save it for the next time. We're yeah, let's see. Yeah, yeah. This is this. This is my thoughts right now. So, for the fact, the fact that I'm only thinking about school means I'm not involved in the world enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right, in yeah, other aspects, yeah. that means I'm. This week has not been holistic in terms of right. Other things have not been going on in the bubble, as we yeah. have talked about before. In the bubble, in the bubble, reject right, the bubble. How are you going to get out of the bubble? <sighs> Ooh, I don't know. Come over and watch Mighty Ducks, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to start on Mighty Ducks, man. Uh, you know, I, I want to go see the Equalizer, though. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's Denzel. It's it's a it's a movie made of a show that was old. I think it has probably nothing to do with that show. Okay. Uh, directed by Antoine Fuqua and Denzel Washington. It's a Denzel Washington movie. Right. It's the same situation. Well, we where already he's know a bad guy. We already know you have an excellent Denzel Washington impression. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but think of it. Have you seen Man on Fire? It's no, a, it's I've a, only seen your impression of him saying one line. Uh, it's a vigilante type <laughs> movie. Yeah, and it's him. You know. Doing something what? Because his son is sick, right? Something. <laughs> no, that that was that another it? movie. Was oh, that a different one? <laughs> That's a, the, the Equalizer is different. Okay. It's almost like I don't know. The trailer reminds me of like him mixed with like that um, 
Training Day, Denzel uh-huh. mixed with Man on Fire, and, uh, Denzel mixed with a little bit of a, um, um, what was that? Liam, he's taken Liam oh, yeah. Neeson. Yeah. You know, like he's got some special set of skills. Man, throw in, throw in a smidge of Book of Eli. All right. A smidge. Okay. Just a taste. Well, I've only seen a, a taste, pinch. so. Yeah. You, Maybe a pinch. You got to watch Book of Eli, dude. All right. Anyway. All the trailer right. looked pretty cool. You got to, come on, man. You all got, right. I'll check it out. All right. My homework for next time. All right. Well, not really, though. Yeah. I just wrote homework on my piece of paper here. Um, I'm good, dude. You know, other topics. Um, like I said, you know, it's going to be this a process of us finding the balance between, yeah, th- to honor the, our name, yeah, the file drawer for the, one, the file drawer psychology wise, but file drawer also gets weird shit we find in the drawer sometimes. Yeah, and I, I like trying to get philosophy. You know, uh, yeah. I like doing my uh, poor man philosophizing. Yeah, I, I, I like to talk a smidgen about politics, but I don't want to get into that. Well, I feel I, like we need to make sure we get at least one Eric semi rant in every episode, dude. Right? Yeah. I got, I got a lot. I got a lot of lot to say. Sometimes not as articulated as I would like, but um, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Cool. You good? It's good. See you guys next time. See you next time. Doop doop doo. Okay. See ya. All right. <laughs>